Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. Uh, this is Max Rushton. Yeah, Max Rushton. Um, he joined me this afternoon because Andy's having an extra couple of days off. Yeah. And this was I don't the... know why Andy has a day off because you don't have to do anything in this. Yeah, you've in, enjoyed in the... this kind of really secondary role. Very, I was you? nervous about it because it's a different side of the studio. Yeah. I'm not used to it. And you Piece know... of piss, you reckon? I can't oh, I say that. Absolutely. Can I? <laughs> I think you can, on, you can on a podcast. You probably can, yeah. It was a piece... Well, I, I mean, obviously, I'm on with Andy a couple of days next week. I'll, I'll, I won't say that to him, although, you know, I imagine... He'll find out. But yeah, I had a. Maybe it's just working with you, Paul. It was a total delight and a pleasure. No, I, I very much enjoyed it. So we had a chat about various things. We did. Um, Strippers and uh, oh, that coffin, was, yeah. coffin carriers. That was that got a bit, yeah, bearing a stretcher and being punched by a pontiff. Yeah. Uh, you'll hear that. <laughs> and also, you'll hear us chat to Keith Deller, the former Darts World Champion. We rounded up events at Ali Pally over the last three weeks. And uh, we chatted to Simon Delaney, who's always very entertaining, actor, director, Manchester United fan, very irate about what's going on at the club. Uh, did something last night that he's never done in 40-odd years as a Manchester United fan. So you'll, you'll discover what that is right now. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Yeah. Lovely to see you. And like we uh, said... Just we have a... done one show together before, we haven't we? We did one, yeah. And, I mean, it is... Whenever they put us together, it's a huge gamble. But, you know, you take <laughs> you take two very similar broadcasters. You know, the, the bosses yeah. have obviously looked at us and said, look, they're both quality players. Oh, yeah. Can, but, think... but can they play the same role? Do you think they've done that? I, I don't is know. That... Or they've just gone through the phone That's book. an intro. That's not the feedback <laughs> I get from the management, really. That I, don't, I don't sense that's the case. I think it's very important to say, I'm coming I off the... I think needs must have yeah. been written down somewhere. <laughs> I'm coming off the right here in the, yeah. in, the, in the setup of the squad. I'm very used to sitting in that chair. I've never, yeah. ever sat in this You've chair never, before. Yeah. It's going to affect well, how Well, one I of play. us is always going to have the central role. One's going to have to kind of mix and match in a wider position. Well, that's... That's right, and and I would like, you know, in the new pa- newspapers tomorrow with the match ratings. Yeah, you know, I'd like when they give me a six out of ten to at least acknowledge that you know I'm doing what Paul Scholes had to do. You know, they, yeah, they, they've crowed bar me into the square seat. pegs round exactly, holes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and so I will play, but I will play the Andy Jacobs role. I've yeah. got lots of I've read the Daily Star letters. I know you got lot. You're even compiling a ransom note during the show. <laughs> You've got lots and lots of cuttings there. At some point, I will have a a big rant about Chelsea. But I thought, given that 
given that Andy isn't here, I thought maybe you would like to, because you messaged me saying you, you were nervous about a Spurs defeat. I was fully expecting a, a defeat. Yeah, I'm more of an right. optimistic, you know, Spurs my big team who win things, and I thought yeah, it would be all right. They're a bit flat. Spurs your big team that win <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah. Wow, that's not, that's not a proud <laughs> well, boast, is it? Really? But it's not. It's not good news for Cambridge United, is no. it? Really. Uh, but would you like to rant? Should, should about, I get off my chest? I mean, get, I can get do. Off I can do it now. Not? Just yeah. it was. I, I, we are starting as we fully expected. We're starting to see uh, old uh, old school um, Rose. And what's in it? Yeah, let's call him Jose Classic. We are starting to see that now, <laughs> already, aren't we? Already, yeah, yeah, already with the ball boys. I mean, I've certain things in a game you notice and you think, yeah, he had a point there. There were one or two things I thought he had a point with. I thought the first uh, Daly Alley uh, challenge could have been a penalty. It could have been. I mean, it, it was checked by VAR. They decided it wasn't. Every incident is. So he said it wasn't, but it clearly was. But they felt it wasn't a penalty. I didn't see a lot of difference between that. That's a player going and a player diving in, a defender diving in on a player, making contact as they turn back in. The player's being clever. We call it being clever, mm. don't we, when yeah, they do that? Yeah. We saw uh, in the Brighton game, the other was it the Brighton game? It was the Norwich game, wasn't it? When um, Harry Kane got a penalty, they said, well, we knew what he was doing there, Harry. Yeah. He was Very being similar clever. Incidents, yeah. But because uh, Daly Alley, um, of course, he's never going to... I mean, you would imagine, really, if uh, four of the opposition players uh, basically set about him with shovels yesterday, there'd still be someone at Stockley Park saying... Yeah, not sure. Can we just can we just <laughs> rock and roll on that a little bit? That, that third shoulder doesn't seem to make contact. Because Deli Alley, let's be honest, I love him dearly, but he is that kind of lad. Mm. Uh, where When it comes to Deli, he wouldn't dive. For example, Mark Noble yesterday, the penalty he gets, Mark's very clever, as Harry Kane was. Mark's very clever because... He's not that kind of player. He's not. He's not that... If it's a 50-50, he's going to leave a bit on you. Nob's very much that kind of lad, but in a situation, oh, he's a Corinthian spirit. He's not going to dive. So, like any other footballer yesterday, bit of a tangle of legs, but he, he does a bit of a Mister Grimsdale. And the, what actually takes Mark Noble down is him butting his toe into the ground to fall over. But it was a penalty. I'm yeah. not saying it wasn't. Yeah. But he was clever as Harry Kane was. But Delhi Alley, of course is that kind of lad. Mm. So he's never going to get uh, those penalties. What did you think when uh, Ndombele was injured? Yeah. We, we, I'm sure at some point talk about Jose's comments, really uplifting comments on Ndombele. He's always injured, he's injured, yeah. he plays one match, next week he's injured, it's a concern. I don't see the point of that. I don't see the point of a player that clearly is look, it's a good player. I think we've all seen that he's cost 65 million quid and I think in little pockets we have seen that he is a very good player and he can do Touch that. Touch of the moose of Dembele is about can. Him, yeah. yeah, but the ball kind of looks like it's stuck to him and he gets, it, he gets out trouble and he'll change play he looks good but he has had a lot of injury problems and there's a different way you could approach that they could say what of um, Ndombele he could have said we're really frustrated for him he's a great kid mm. he's trying hard but he's had injury after injury it's not quite look we'll get there in the end it's so frustrating for us it's so but in the end you say he's injured he's not injured he's injured one minute it's, it's almost like he's a malingerer and you think <laughs> he's not going to turn around and say I'll show you I won't get recurring groin injuries life doesn't work like but, that what do you, but, but a penny for the thoughts of Harry winks and people made this you know comment when Jose got the job but you know he brings off a central midfielder and I thought Lo Celso looked really good when he came on was it against Brighton and he's clearly a great player yeah but Harry Winks is a ball-playing midfielder. Yeah. Right? I, mean, I, I mean, I know Spurs' pass completion yesterday was just 0%, but he must be thinking when one of your two centre-mids is injured and well, the other one guess. is Sissoko... I'll be coming on. I mean, Harry Winks must think, you know, die is ill. So he's so so. He's the number one for England at the moment. 
mainly because that isn't a perfect position for England. But he's such a lovely footballer, and Spurs would have kept the ball, and they gave it away for the entire, yeah. literally the entire To be fair, they, I mean, they all gave. I quite like Lascelles, so I just feel like he's a little bit lightweight. It's taking him time to get used mm. to the pre. He gets bounced off the ball a little bit too easily, mm. but that will come in time. Mm. We've seen with Pepe. I mean, people, I mean, you know, far bit from me to stand up for an Arsenal player, but people are saying, oh, they bought a ropey player there. People at Tottenham saying, oh, he's no. So you're kidding. He's really good. Mm. He's just got to get used to the Premier League. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter how much he costs, it takes a bit of time. Yeah, of course. So um, it was frustrating. It's just a bit unfortunate it was dying already to see that aspect to Jose. And I don't know what went on. I'd love to know what was said. There must have just been some aside from one of their coaches at one moment. He just took exception to something Jose was shouting or having to go at a ball boy. And he's probably taken him to... But it is a great line, isn't it? Yes, I was rude, <laughs> but I was rude to an idiot. He, has, he, he loves a soundbite. Nice. What's who's the last? Can we do who's the last idiot you were rude to? Eight ten eighty nine. Well, this is the thing. I was thinking this today that you know so often you'll see a news story. And this is the way, as Rodney Marsh would say, work in Radio Land. Mm-hmm. You see a news story, and then as a way for a bit of audience participation, you get people involved. When was the last time you were rude to an idiot? <laughs> Struck me as a real cul-de-sac. But um, you know, someone's going to come on now and say, oh, yeah. swear you us know. to. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a tapping, exactly, isn't it? Yeah. But I also struck me yesterday is that the, who's had who had the worst news years and you may have chatted about this yesterday I'm not quite sure when the story broke it's all kind of blurred into one really the last few days so uh, the woman who, who grabbed the arm of the Pope yes. and he gave her a slap. Yeah. I mean, is there a worse start of the year for a Catholic than that? <laughs> to have the Pope, to have the Pope give you but a it smack. it might be good in a way. You know, you might never wash your wrist again. You no, know, if you I, really... I don't think she'll be looking at that. Oh, I you mean, don't think so? If you kind of, if you think, it, it seems unlikely. If, you, <laughs> if you're, if uh, fair play to her, if she's got a slap from the Pope and she's looking at the positives, God bless her. That does tend not to be the so, case, So it, really? you want to do... Have you, you ever have been a, struck by a pontiff? <laughs> I was going to say no. Have you ever been struck? I was going to open it out to all religious leaders. Okay. I was going to say, you know, has the chief rabbi chinned you? Yeah. You know? as, um, well, I've... Because we'll get... Uh, hello, hello, boys. This David, uh, Chelsea fan. Happy New Year. Yeah, I was... Uh, Pope John Paul II stuck the nut on me <laughs> in a Sunday game. I trodden his foot from a corner. He was in goal. Uh, yeah, we did that once a year before. Have you ever seen uh, Pele um, out and about? And some bloke said I saw him in the Arndale Centre in, uh, in Bolton. <laughs> doing some she was in Poundland in Bolton. So uh, anyway, so that's that's two completely impossible uh, core subjects to get you. You ever been struck by uh, any members of the clergy? I mean, he is a big Argentinian football fan as well, he isn't is, he? The yeah. Pope. I'm surprised he didn't go down clutching oh, his face. Are we taking sort of volunteers in you know the Anglican Church as well? How far down do they have to in terms of any, religious order? Well, they have to be in religious. I'm not a verger. No lay members of the church. <laughs> okay, you, I no, think you've got to be you've got to be properly gowned. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So, anybody in the hierarchy, I mean, yeah. you know, we don't expect too many at, at the we'll senior take a level. High, we'll take a high priest. Yeah, we'll, t- <laughs> we'll take whatever you got. But if, if any uh, any members of the uh, the church hierarchy have, have landed landed you one, then uh, let us know this afternoon. Oh, look, the phones have gone mad. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't like believe it. They've like gone wild. Competition to win a car. <laughs> um, talk. Oh eight seven one seven. We'll take some calls. I know Andy hates it, but you're here, I so quite he's like not. Them, yeah. Oh eight seven one seven double two double three. Have you ever been punched by? <laughs> yeah. Um, text 81089, tweet to TSH and Jan. I'm sure our, our fantastic team there will filter out the, the liars and the charlatans. <laughs> but, yeah, OK. We'll be doing that. And what was the other one you said? Have you ever been... When was the last time you were rude to an idiot? When was the last time you were rude to an idiot? Yeah, OK. Uh, name names. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. And he's done it! 
Peter Snake by right is the first world champion of the 2020s and he is the world darts champion. Yep, I watched the game last. You seen any of the game last night? Do you know what? I'll, I'll be brutally honest. Split between that and the football. I've, I had the football on the laptop and season one of Succession on the television. Right. Uh, the current Mrs. Rushton, not a sports I'm sure fan. Brian of any. Cox and the Succession team will, probably won't take that as a compliment. You kept half half an eye on Arsenal versus Man U. You're not giving it the full weight, are you? Well, the volume was on Succession. To yeah. be fair to Brian and his friends there, and it's quite a good box set as it goes. Yeah. But then I didn't have another. That, no more than two screens. Uh, but I will obviously, I will go back uh, later this evening and listen to Andy Goldstein's coverage of the darts on TalkSport 2 on catch-up. Of course you will. Yeah, of will. course, yeah. you're a company man. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I think at 2-2, I went back to the football because I suddenly felt, oh, Peter Wright may have blown his chance. But uh, then went back to it and he was flying again and, and, and he ultimately, of course, went on and won it. Well done to him. Keith Deller joins us now, former world champion, well, was at Ali Pally throughout, so perfectly placed to kind of review the highs and lows of the tournament and the surprises. Uh, good afternoon, Keith. Hi, Paul. Hi, Max. Hello. No excuse not watching <laughs> yeah. the dark. Come on. Put your foot down. For, forgive, forgive, <laughs> forgive me, Keith. Yeah, those, those last two sets I came back for, two, two and a bit sets, because you, you started to believe then. I mean, was it him being great? Was it uh, Van Gerwen just been off his game? What was the story, you think? No, Peter deserved that, and he, and he won it fair and square. I mean, they were both averaging halfway through, 104, 105 averages. Peter was just brilliant from the first start. Um, really, Michael was chasing the whole match. He was, you know, it was. I mean, Michael said, I think he missed a few chances. Well, Peter actually gave Michael a few legs that he shouldn't have done, which made Michael to keep it close. So I just feel that personally, I think Michael was in and out of the tournament. He's normally 100 plus average, easy through every match. He wasn't. He got bored. He said in one of the games in the quarterfinal to me, I don't think Michael's mindset through the tournament was as strong as it normally is. And Peter had the one scare where, which he agreed he should have lost in the first round, but he didn't. And after that, Peter was absolutely fantastic and a worthy champion. And given his record, this is such a huge moment for him, isn't it? Oh, it's massive. I mean, I don't think there's anyone more popular than Peter Wright. I mean, when you see the crowd with the colour hair and, uh, you know, the shirt, he is such a popular lad. And also, I remember about six, seven years ago, Peter would go to every tournament, every ranking event, he kept his ranking. He really did work hard to make sure that his ranking kept as good as it did. He really did put the hard work in. And, you know, he's just got better and better as the years gone by. And really, you know, it's a little bit disrespectful. People said, oh, the UK Open. UK Open is a big tournament for players to win. He won that fair and square, although Michael didn't play in that one through illness. So I think he'll feel better now that he's beat the best in the world and the number one seed. And he played absolutely fantastic. Um, it, it, the thing that people you can't get used to you look at him and you look at this very flamboyant over the top kind of character yet when you meet him we, we, he came in and saw Andy and I and we had this feeling that he'd be like that as a person but he's not he's very quiet isn't he he's almost kind of a bit uncomfortable with the limelight he's not that big a personality uh, is he he's, he kind of plays the part physically but when you chat to him he's, he's quite sort of considered quite 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 shy really yeah, you wouldn't want to get stuck in the lift with old Peter. So, uh, you wouldn't get a lot of... You wouldn't get a lot High of praise indeed. Really. <laughs> you know, compared to someone like Wayne Mardor, absolutely different. But, yeah. uh, seriously, Peter is such... He is a very quiet lad, actually. He's not big-headed at all. He, he, you know, he just... Just the way, he's, you know, he is. But 
when he gets on that stage and he's dancing across the stage and the flamboyancy that he's got, I mean, he's a different person. But overall, he's a very quiet lad. And, you know, there's not there's no big headedness in him at all. He, you know, he's a good guy. That must be a small Venn diagram, mustn't it? Shy people with purple Mohicans. It's yeah, like, that's it's right. Not what, it's not what you expect, There was a picture. Somebody put out a picture of him in from the 90s as a kind of young player first coming through, kind of... Kind of Boyish, yeah. sort of black hair, side parting look. You know, I didn't recognise him. It's, it's quite shocking, isn't it? When did this start? Do you know the story of this kind of over-the-top uh, approach, the Mohican and the dying of the hair and everything else? I don't know. I know the snake bite came about that he got bit by a snake once. I mean, that was something to do with it. I think I saw Wayne put something on Twitter today, Wayne Mardle. I didn't know where he, even where a snake bite came about. But, yeah, that's how the name came about, but... Um, I know Joe, his wife, was, is a hairdresser, and uh, she must have said, look, why don't we change your image? Yeah. Um, which is a fantastic move because, you know, for quite a few years, Peter was known at the beginning really for the way he dressed and the way his hair was, but then all of a sudden the darts kept doing the business and and uh, he was matching up. I mean, to dress like that, let's be honest with their hair, if you can't play darts, God, you're going to get found out. You know, I see some players... I mean, come on with dark glasses and don't back it up. And, uh, you know, but Peter, fair play to him. He, he does, you know, look the part for the crowd. And the crowd love it, don't they? They sort of buy into it as well. So, but yeah, I think, you know, it was a great move because, you know, no one else was like that. And uh, I think if anybody wears a fancy shirt now or something, they go, oh, you're trying to be Peter right? But yeah. uh, <laughs> no, he, he's just a, he's a nice guy. And, uh, you know, I'm really chuffed for him because... He's played in so many finals, and unfortunately, you know, he's lost to Michael. He should have won the Premier League um, last year. He had darts at a double, and I think, in a way, that done him a bit of good because he knew that he could play Michael over a decent distance, and he knew that he could have won that final, and he should have won that final. I think Michael, deep down, was maybe thinking that he might just try too hard if it gets really close between the players. But there again, Michael had one dart at double 20 to go four sets all from 4-2 down. If he had took that, would he have carried on and won? I don't know, because I just felt Peter, for the whole match, was the better player, more consistent and more likely to hit the doubles. Mm. The uh, fallon Sherrick story continues. He's one of nine challengers who's going to feature in the Premier League. And there's been a bit of chuntering. I've seen a few people saying, oh, fellas out there working their way on the circuit, looking for their big chance. But, you know, Barry uh, Herney's P.T. Barnum, isn't he? He knows she's box office. She'll put bums on seats. People will want to see her play. It's a great story. And, and I mean, have you heard anything from other players having their noses oh, they, slightly put out of joint? Oh, they definitely will be put out of joint, that's, that's for sure. But at the end of the day, the Premier League, first of all, is not a ranking event. It's an, you know, and dance is an entertainment entertainment business now. You know, if it was a world ranking event, I could understand that she, you know, should be going through the right channels. But no, it's not. I mean, end of the day, you know, the play, there's nine players that have definitely got in. Um, there's going to be nine challenges over the weeks that are going to come up and have a game. And I thought it was brilliant last year. I mean, Hendo at Aberdeen, well, they must be really rich in Scotland because every time 180 went in, the whole beers went flying. <laughs> it was nuts, absolutely nuts. But what an atmosphere. But at the end of the day, it gives players a chance to play one match. Um, I like to see MVG against Fallon. You know, let's yeah. put her up against the best player in the world yeah. or Peter Wright. But, you know, at the end of the day, what she did, she made darts, the world championships, a lot bigger because of the, the press around the world. When you get people like Billie Jean King, one of the you know, best sportswomen of all time, really, mm. when 
you think of her, and I think it was um, Sam, Sarah Jessica Parker from Sex and the City, she was um, quoting things. I mean, it just shows you, you know, what people, celebrities and, and people around the world were watching that match. And, and what she'd done really was say, look, women, we knew women can play darts. They can play as good as the men because it's not physical. We know that. But now I think Fallon's going to have a little um, target on the back now with the boys because she's going to be playing in all the World Series. And, you know, she'll be under a lot of pressure now mm. because she's done brilliant in the world and her form is fantastic. Her checkout percentages were as good as, you know, any, any of the players in the tournament. Yeah. But now she's got to back it up more now because she's going to be playing in the World Series. She's going to be treated exactly as, as the men, the top players. And like the world, and like the Premier League, whoever plays her, you know, will have a hard game. But also, you know, Fallon's now got to produce the darts on a consistent basis over the next sort of year, really. But you know, I think it's a great story, and uh, you know, it's something now that if there's a lot more women take the sport up and there's more dart people take it, it can only be good for the sport. Sure, yeah, it could well make her a better player playing against better players. So lovely, Keith. All the best. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Happy New Year to everybody. And Thank to you, you. about Keith Della, former world champion, reflecting. It all unfolded, of course, over on TalkSport 2. Excellent work by our top team on TalkSport 2 over the three weeks. And that's been reviewed this afternoon at 3 o'clock over on TalkSport 2, uh, following Peter Wright's uh, win. You'll hear live from uh, the snakebite himself, uh, hear from uh, Fallon Sherrick, we are just discussing, and the PDC's chief exec, Matt Porter, on the history of the championship. I might listen to that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, you can pop outside, have a cup of tea, have a listen. I'll, I'll fill in. I'll Thanks, Paul. Yeah, Appreciate I'll, it. I'll, I'll you don't have to do much in this chair anyway. I'll do I'll have one ear on that. I'll, do, yeah. I'll let you know. I can commentate on it. Yeah, excellent. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast 
from TalkSport. We hear from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer first. He, he confirmed uh, that Paul, Pog- Paul Pogba will likely have surgery on the advice of his representatives. He's been advised to, uh, to have an operation uh, by, uh, by his people and he'll probably, uh, probably do that. His people. Mm. I mean, I think it was slightly tempered, and, and the Manchester United PR machine then went to work and said, "Well, he didn't quite, he didn't quite mean that. What he actually meant was that we've we've assessed it, our medical team. But maybe touch worrying that Mino Raiola is uh, head of uh, uh, medical <laughs> Manchester United. Well, he needs the extra cash, doesn't he? I think he does. He just make a little bit of money on the side as a club doctor. <laughs> Simon Delaney is a, an actor, TV presenter, Manchester United fan. I saw him tweeting during the Arsenal game. Game last night. wasn't massively impressed. Uh, Happy New Year, Simon. Happy New Year, gentlemen. How are we? Yeah, yeah we're not tremendous. too bad. Yeah, that one. I mean, I'm look, joining it's... you, gentlemen, live yeah. from the Olympia Theatre in Dublin. So if you hear noise in the background, it's um, 1,400 people, including my kids, screaming, "Oh yes, he is!" Out of oh, Panto. what do you? What you, you got? A matinee coming? You got when, when you on? Yeah, it's on now. I mean, I, I directed the show, so thankfully I'm oh. not on stage. But I brought my own kids in to see it today. So if you do hear noise, sound effects in the back, it's not my house. I am at a panto. <laughs> what, Brilliant. Pan, what panto is it, Simon? It's Cinderella, Max. Oh, excellent. Oh, I won't nice. give away the ending, my no, friend. No, please don't. I want to go and see it. <laughs> you must have done panto plenty of times over the years as well. Yeah, you? yeah, no, absolutely. I've done a director panto in the UK, and I've, I've appeared on panto over here several times. But... um. I suppose we're on to talk about the farce that I was watching last night. That wasn't really a panto, but there are a couple yeah. of United players who could do it a bit of surgery after that game <laughs> last night. Did he? I mean, look, it was a throwaway comment. Uh, his and there was a, almost a kind of a bit of a laugh in the voice, a bit of disdain in yeah. Ole's voice, as I said. So, uh, it's it's a slightly worrying comment, isn't it? It's it's he's probably the most frustrating player to have in your squad as a as a fan as a supporter because it causes such anger even when the man's nowhere near the stadium <laughs> everyone's talking about the guy you know and we I keep hearing this phrase you know he we do have a world class midfielder and we we haven't seen it yet you know and I, and I really do think that I mean Twitter is toxic at the best of times but when there's a performance like that last night it's just you know the Ali out brigade starts you know um I don't know where I am, on Ali, to be perfectly honest with you. It's, it's, I don't think that's the solve of the problem. Um, and I think, you know, you get you get lashed on Twitter if you break some of the players. But, I mean, you've got to, you know, you put some of those players up for a lash last night. I mean, they just didn't turn up. And they're just not turning up regularly. And it's, I mean, I actually, and I, for the first time in 40 years last night, Paul, I turned the game off at halftime. Wow, wow. I just I, I I can't I can't watch it anymore. It's um because you just don't know what United is going to turn up, and then when that team turns up, it's just shocking. I mean, Lingard for an attacking midfielder, a player who hasn't scored a goal or made an assist in the calendar year of 2019, and he's an attacking midfielder. His backup is Pereira, not much better. I mean, Luke Shaw looks totally out of sorts. Harry Maguire has the turning circle of a car ferry. You know, he had a dreadful game last night. It's not good. It's not good. And I don't know what the solve is. I mean, the solve, the immediate solve isn't to get rid of Spolly because who do you bring in? And until Pochettino gets another job, mm. he's the automatic link. But sure. take him out of the equation. Who do you bring in there? Simon. If Pochettino 
wasn't available. Simon, uh, Johnny Norcroft, who's, who knows his football and is mm. a, from the Sunday Times, has just tweeted, uh, look, he says, I know I'm in a minority, but Manchester United are attempting similar shift to Chelsea, only with generally inferior, senior and younger players and a far poorer club structure. They're five points behind Chelsea. We all agree Lampard is doing well. Why is there so little understanding for Solskjaer? <clears throat> Well, look, I mean, Max, you can make an argument for anything. You know, we're basically, we're less than 10 points off the relegation zone. If we, if we, if we want to go down that road, and, uh, I, we, United fans can't see what Solskjaer is doing. And I don't care if people say, well, then you're not a real football fan or you can't see. I understand the whole ethic of the youth players and all that kind of stuff, but... They're not delivering, Max. Now, you've got to ask yourself, why are they not delivering? And I think the only true part of that tweet is that we have got inferior players. I mean, the young talent is great. Greenwood's great. Um, you know, the homegrown guys, Rashford and all that, great. But Rashford had a dreadful game again last night. But a friend of mine was at the game and said, you know, what you don't see on TV is Rashford is trying to make those runs behind the defence, but there's no, no one in midfield trying to put that ball over mm, the defence. Mm. That's where the problem is. I mean, we've McTominay gone now for two months. Pogba, I don't think we'll see in the United shirt again. So our options in midfield are Fred, Pereira and Matic. Like Matic 10 years ago, absolutely, but not now. He did a decent game last night, but he's not going to win you a game. You know, Pogba will win you a game if he's on form, but I genuinely think we won't see him in a United jersey again. So do you think it's a manager not getting the best out of... You said the players are inferior, but by changing the manager, there's still a sense you're going to be left with the same group of well, players? Well, that's what I mean, Paul. I mean, yeah. that's, it, like, it's not the immediate solve. No. You know, a blind man can see that one of the solves that needs to happen is that, that Woodward needs, needs to be put back into the commercial arm of the club. Because without doubt, he's a commercial genius. I mean, we've got official photocopying sponsors. We have logistics partners. We've red wine partners. That's amazing. And mm. that money needs to roll in to then back your manager in the transfer market. So Woodward needs to go sideways and we need a director of football mm. because it, the scouts need to be answerable because the inferior players are brought in by these scouts. Yes, they're okay and rubber stamp by the manager, but these are the guys who are lining them up saying, look, these are your options. We recommend X, Y, and Z. I mean, people are starting to talk about Fred as a player now that he had three or four decent, recent performances, but 60 million, Really? Did you see his Not free kick? Me. Did you see his free kick at the end? So you switched oh, it was incredible. I think it hasn't come down yet. It's, it's due to arrive. It's due to arrive in Clapham in about twenty minutes. I think. If ever a game, a moment summed up a game, yeah. it was tremendous. Wasn't Unbelievable! It? Someone tweeted last night. You know, when you're when you're with a Brazilian player, you have is called Fred. This is what happens. It was incredible. <laughs> I mean, we may as well have Fred Dibner in this. You know what I mean? I don't know you pulled a Fred out of thin air like that there, Simon. Beautifully done. There are other Freds you could have used that would have been much worse, let's be honest. I was thinking the same. I know, yeah. I know, yeah. In fairness. It would be great if somebody, one of the sound guys at the Panto, had pressed the wrong button and everything Simon has said had just been going out to all the boys and girls watching this show. Daddy, I'm frightened. Yeah, Daddy's given out about Man United again, yeah. <laughs> my poor kid. Well, good. We'll let get back to work. Good to talk to you, Simon. All the best. A pleasure, lads. Happy New Year to you both. Take it easy and to you. Yeah, Simon Delaney, their uh, actor director. I didn't realise that. That free kick. I mean, it summed up the game in the same way. And I'm, you will have watched the Norwich game against yeah. the Spurs game. Yeah, yeah. An absolute ninety-sixth minute. 
peak Christian Eriksen. <laughs> Everyone's come up. It's yeah. two two. Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't beat the first man from the corner. Well, the, the, it's tremendous. Christian Eriksen's where when he finally does move, and that could even be in January. The, the, the conversation will be why could, you know for a man who could hit a pinpoint free I kick. Know, no why sense. did no coach ever think to say to him? Uh, just look. Do you know when you hit those free kicks and you aim and you yeah. Why not your corners in the same way? You don't hit the first man in the wall. When you, why do you want... But no one's ever thought to say no, that to no, him. No. He is the king of that. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? it? He's, he's a ter- I mean, fine from, uh, from free kicks. Terrible from corners. I've got no idea why he continues to take he just them? likes being in the middle of the pit? He, does, he doesn't like being around the... The people. We might not find in a one soft, day. Not in a sort of snobby way, but just like he gets a bit nervous in big crowds. In the day before, <laughs> the day before he goes, he'll probably let someone else say when they hear skulls like volley from the edge of the box <laughs> to realise that that's what you should have been doing. I mean, this is the thing. You're, at the moment, you know, Mourinho's talking about wanting time to to coach the players, and then things will change. They're not going to be big in the transfer market, although I think you know most people can see they need to do a little bit of business. But he's a you know you're building your team around your midfield linchpin is a blank that's not wanting to be there for yeah. eighteen months, yeah. and that's not helpful is it? No. the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport now, the question I was going to ask oh, you Max yes, was yes. this um, Tom Eaton and Wesley were both carried off in little incidents a bit of a blow for Villa which made it all the more incredible they managed to get the result they mm-hmm. did yesterday mm-hmm. so uh, you know well done to them but um, they mentioned the shock of seeing the stretcher bearers carrying off Wesley and Tom Heaton, I thought, stretcher bearers in football, when the, the people come on, are they trained? Are they part of the medical teams at the clubs? Are they volunteers who made what used to be called St John's Ambulance? Are they mm. medical? Are they just two kind of sturdy lads that are brought on? Because you've kind of got to know what you're doing. Uh, I mean, it, Perry they... Groves, who was dropped... On a stretch, I seem to remember sure that Perry story. But I just wonder if you know. I'll ask the listeners this: uh, who who bears the stretcher? And I was going to ask you: Have you ever borne a stretcher? I've never uh, borne a stretcher. No. If, if you wanted to do it, you'd have to have a mate who had a very similar. Because it's a two it's a two person job, isn't I've it? I've never carried a coffin either. I mean, I suppose it's, you know maybe there's a you've taken me to a much darker place now. <laughs> I have, but maybe they're, they're, they're similar That's skills. That's not a one man job, is it? Really? <laughs> no, they're similar skills though. It could be a you know you could do both, couldn't you? If you're good at one, they're carrying from. I think you carry them in a different. I mean, yeah, I think true. it would be quite undignified to carry. <laughs> To carry a coffin in, <laughs> like you carry a sofa. Like yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't look great. I couldn't yeah, get it on, on the, back a bit. Couldn't get it on the bit, shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get it up there. Yeah, no, left, left hand, left hand. That's it. No, you're catching the door. Yeah, you ca- yeah, yeah, you can't do that. But I've, you've never, I, I've no, never borne no, no, a stretcher of you. Either, no. I would feel the responsibility though if I had an injured athlete mm. on, on it and uh, you, you've kind of got to know what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, I mean, you've they've got... used trucks over the years. Remember at World Cups and mm. those little. Trucks and they use that in different parts of South America. Sort of really precious cargo, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Have you ever been on a stretcher? I don't think I've ever been on a stretcher. No, I've not been on one. I've not carried. If you've got tales of, uh, if you, if you tell us when you when you bore a stretcher, you were the stretcher bearer. And what's the? I mean, say if, if you join, if you, I don't know if it's still the case, but when you decide to become a paramedic, yes, I think in the very early days, quite a lot of your work is not necessarily a kind of in the front line saving people's lives. That will you go on to do that, right. of course. But a lot of it can be ferrying it's like cleaning people. the boots, isn't no, it? No, it could kind of be. Well, you've mm. got, you know, you, you, uh, while you're learning on the job, you're ferrying people around for their hospital appointments that need ferrying around. So I wonder if you're a stretcher bearer, is it as an early days of a paramedic, that's the sort of gig they give you. Mm. I don't know. Look, fill us in on that if, you, if you've borne a stretcher. Talksport.com forward slash H&J, text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. Um, I have a question for you, Paul. 
all. <coughs> do you um, really? Okay. What do you? What car do you drive? You don't uh, have to give me just just the make. If it's a it's a, a it's a Volkswagen. Oh, oh, that is a shame, isn't it? Uh, drivers it? of, uh, well, not a shame probably. Um, drivers of Renault motors are the oh, yeah. most likely to have a romp in their car. Oh my son, my youngest son's got a Renault. Is that right? So, Should I um, ask him? More than half admit to uh, partaking in their vehicle compared with the national average of just 44 percent just 44 <laughs> just 44 percent really i mean i mean i don't live an exciting life but <clears throat> yeah i mean what the, do you drive um, i drive an audi oh okay. then on there bmw drivers came second volvo drivers <laughs> and put it like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> volvo drivers came third uh which is a surprise he's sensible uh volvo How does that drivers. even work um smart car owners are the least likely uh, well, there's, to, there's to pump in their motors. There logistical you go. reasons. One for in that. four confessed to cheating on a partner with someone else in their car. And on wow. that note, oh, yeah. um, uh, another survey: uh, Liverpool, top of the league, not just in the Premier League, but for being love cheats as well. Apparently, really, thirty-eight percent have been unfaithful, and it mirrors the Premier League table because Norwich is the most loyal loyal city, as only eleven percent say they've strayed. Is that right? Mm. Well, uh, talking of uh, that part of the world, tremendous story, Dan. I, I know you're aware of this, actually, mm. Max. This is the story of the Ipswich Town fans who were heading to Wickham, mm -hmm. and the club gave uh, official advice on, on the kind of safe club pubs that the people can uh, drink in there won't be any sort of trouble not the kind of hard, I don't know if Wickham have a kind of ultras hardline pub where no one can ultras. drink the Wickham ultras where you, you don't want to go in that pub not if you're Ipswich it could get nasty for you but apparently the official advice was to drink in a fine uh, pub called the White Horse which is uh, known for its good choice of lagers sport on TV and exotic dancers mm. from lunchtime mm -hmm. From uh, lunchtime. Yeah, they said the owner of the pub said no admission charge and you don't have to watch the dancers unless you want to. Um. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want yeah. to, what is there different? Because there's quite, when you go into a pub, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you, when I go to a restaurant with the current Mrs. Russian, and very rarely are there exotic dancers, <laughs> she likes to face the restaurant. She likes to sit and see what's she going on. To, yeah, That's yeah, her yeah. view. And I sort of get the. I just get the wife view. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which I think says quite a lot about it says a lot about you and the marriage potentially. Yeah, maybe, I don't maybe, know. maybe. You want to get yourself a Renault. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the point being is, you know, if you go to this pub, you don't. You know, there must be booths where you can't see the action yeah. because not that's not for so everyone. Is I it? I once went into a pub in East London mm. and one lunchtime, and uh, I was chatting to members of the extended family and having a beer. And was aware of some quite thumping disco music. Right. Um, and then suddenly alongside me was a young lady who was topless, <laughs> right. uh, clutching a beer glass. And I, I'd, I had not noticed that she had been doing her act while I was talking about Tottenham's very sorry midfield. <laughs> I'd done, I'd changed, Did you pay I'd, up? Did you... I, I felt, well, I felt quite guilty. I just wondered who she was and I thought, well, this this is an odd collection. I, um... This is an odd charity setter. But then it was only when somebody said, oh, didn't you... Because I was looking much like Mrs. R I was looking the other way. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't looking at the dance <laughs> floor. Focused. I was I'm, looking at the stage. I, I think I can trump you. Um, on uh, In 2006, uh, uh, some friends and I went to this was a long time ago, I'd like to point out. It's about sort of 30 years ago. 2006, so yeah. not that long ago. Mm. But still, you know, fair enough ago. A few, few friends and I went to the west coast of Australia. Took in um, uh, England at the Wacker. Oh, uh, yeah, that, nice. we, we saw Adam Gilchrist score that century in 20 balls or whatever it was. We yeah. Absolutely <laughs> hammered we were. But yeah. well, the first days, we went to this um, pub 
just for a pub lunch. It was a lovely summer's day there in December. And, you know, kids running around. There's like a playground and everything. And a couple of us went in to order a couple of jugs of beer and some fish and chips. And then someone else walked in and came out looking slightly surprised. And then I went back in and, and to order the next round of drinks. And it, it was a totally normal pub. Everything was normal, yeah. except one of the barmaids was topless. Okay. Right? That seemed very strange to me, but I sort of didn't, you know, I'm, I'm new to the country. I didn't want to reference it. Oh, just, you thought it was a cultural <laughs> thing. <laughs> Who knows? As I didn't want to put my foot in it, so yeah. I went back out. And, no. and then the next time someone went in and she'd taken everything else off. And eventually we asked somebody, Blimey. like a family, and we said, what is it? A and family? <laughs> Yeah, we were outside. I yeah. don't know if kids were allowed in the pub. Yeah. And someone just went, ah, it's skimpy Tuesdays. She gets double. And that was it. And everyone was just like, oh, fair enough. Skimpy but Tuesdays? Skimpy Tuesdays. But no one referenced it. It was a, wow, yeah, that was a bit of a odd. shock to Once the system again. at different yeah. times. It did so. This pub, the White Horse, is going back to the pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says they have a daily competition where punters can win a free dance and two drinks by guessing the local, uh, sorry, the total combined bust size in inches of all the <laughs> dancers. And I thought, what a nice little giveaway on the Guardian <laughs> podcast that you do. Do you think you want to put that to the management? I absolutely am not. That's <laughs> utterly ridiculous. I, I think I think they might go with it. I think they should... No, I think they probably won't. Yeah. So anyway... Daryl um, says the White Horse and Wicked most famous of the venue for the Kings of Leon's first ever UK gig. What about that? Hmm. Who was dancing to uh, to that that <laughs> night? Yeah, <laughs> Who knows? Sex is on fire, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, what else have we got for you then? Oh, uh, plenty. I've got plenty. Here's a good... Here's so another co- survey. Oh, yeah. Um, one in 20 of us return underwear to the shops after wearing it. Oh, no, that's in bad. A, in a poll of 2,000 people, 100 say they take back used undies oh, for a refund. Man. Do you want to have a guess who the worst offenders are? What part of the country? What part of the country? I don't alienate part of the country. I've just, okay, well, I'll tell uh, you. I'll tell who you immediately comes... There shouldn't be any part of the country that immediately comes <laughs> go to on, mind come on, that they would take Stick your neck out, Paul. Go on. No, 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 because that transmitter will go very slow. <laughs> I'm on a hiding to nothing trying to guess. Because okay. somewhere over I'm going to say, why would he suddenly think we would take back sword underwear um not uh, geordie's the worst offenders really? uh, just a messenger here nine percent of people in newcastle try to do i mean it's got to be nonsense they're followed by six percent of edinburgh five percent of liverpool uh, there we are well if you're in newcastle and you've uh, taken um used underwear mm. back to the shop let us know i think it's <laughs> going to be as, as lively as, uh, and rich a scene maybe as have you ever been struck by the pontiff <laughs> which uh, we, we put out a little bit earlier on so um, talksport.com and have you ever borne a stretcher um, yeah. and what to do that job at a football ground what kind of expertise who are the stretcher bearers at a football match what's their background I'm really interested well I say really but no I, I'm interested to know um, if you can fill us in on that one yeah. talksport.com text 81089 tweet TSH&J 08717 <laughs> if you'd like to tell us uh, well, I've, I've never been as you said I've never been on a stretcher no Dan says Dan in Chelmsford yeah. I was a member of these given the tactics for us um, uh, it's very pretty sensible tactics. I was a member yeah. of St John Ambulance Brigade, did act as a stretcher bearer at Chelmsford City for four years. We always went onto the pitch in fours and each took a handle and no, we never dropped anyone. That is the classic formation is four, isn't it? You play a back, you play a four, you play a yeah. two-two, really a two-two formation for the stretcher mainly. Obviously some of these foreign stretcher bearers have come in with a one-three or a one-one-two and it doesn't work quite so well. You were yeah. two at the back, 
two at the front. Thank you, Dan. Well, uh, Kevin said uh, the local firefighters often do a lot of the stretcher bearing. Is that within their role as firefighters or as an extra job? Because uh, it's never struck me before that firefighters would do anything but firefight and wouldn't have any other irons in the fire. <laughs> Possibly not. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. I'm back tomorrow with Charlie Baker. Oh, it dropped. Uh, I mean, it's that. That's just that, that yeah. cutthroat, this game, That's, isn't it? <laughs> it's a dirty business. And uh, we'll have Martin Kellner joining us. We will have, who else was it? You can remind me again. Joe Wicks. Joe Wicks. Wow, what okay. about that? Yeah, what a time good. of year to get Joe Wicks and make Tell us all feel guilty about how fat we are. Courgettes instead of pasta. Yeah. No, he's, he is incredible, isn't he? He's something of a phenomenon. Yeah, ridiculous, really. yeah. So look forward well. to meeting him. And uh, Motti. Yeah, of course. That's right. I forgot. He gave me three people, the producer, just, and I you forgot. You just turned into Andy. I just basically, yeah, so see, I'm fulfilling a different role now. They're doing, doing Don't Ask Me. Okay, we'll catch up with you tomorrow, me and Charlie. Thanks again, Max. Cheers, mate. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.